Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. He redeemed us in order that the blessings given to Abraham might come upon the Gentiles through Jesus Christ so that by faith we might receive the promise Holy Spirit. We bless you Lord God. In Jesus holy name we are worshiped. I can hear your amen. Welcome someone beside you in the name of the Lord. Can you get my audio right please? Just give me my formal setting and that's all I need. Brother, you take over. Amen. Put your hands together for the choir, please, that they could sit down. Amen. I can manage with that. Pastor Dickey, could you please stand up and come forward to, to the front and sit with the pastors? That is Pastor D.K. from PVM Greece. Put your hands together and welcome him. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, you are very welcome this morning. I was away to Ireland last week, Monday, together with uh, Mommy. And in Ireland, God began to speak to me about next year. You, those of you who are in this house know that every October, I teach you that you must begin to seek God for your new year. And that's what I do. Someone says, Apostle, what is the secret between you and God? And that's what I'm telling you. When I begin to seek God with the intention to know, God reveals. And anybody who set his heart to such, you will hear from God, you will see. You will see. The reason why many believers do not hear God is because we do not set our heart to hear from Him. I will gather now. When you set your heart, when you seek a success, you give your eyes no sleep because of that success, isn't it? So you do that to God, you will just get it. And God began to talk to me about our 30th anniversary and said to me, your 30th anniversary, new, the new year 2020, it shall be known among you as the year of new beginning. Amen. And he gave me the book of Luke for you, chapter 4, verse 14, which says, And Jesus returned the power of the Spirit, and the news about him, what? Spread. We'll talk about that later. So because of that, the Lord told me that this is the reason why over the months, if you, are very, if you are very attentive in this house, you recognize that I've been preparing your mind. So that your mind can be, some of us need our mind to be reprogrammed. Because we have had so many uh, messages on television, on advices of people and counsel from people who themselves need to be counseled. And I talked to the body of Christ on earth. Many have been pastored by people who are supposed to be usher in the church or still being trained. But they have ordained them as pastors. Even some of them have been founders of churches 
just break away, take a little group, and start to pose as if God has sent you. But what, the, what that gave birth to in the church of God is a lot of wrong teachings. Because somebody who had not been taught, a seven-year-old girl, even if she marries, we want to see the womb with which she will conceive. Because she's still in formation. And you have a lot of that in the church. Even a girl of 10, 20, uh, 10, 11, 15, they haven't understood what womanhood is yet. You know, when they get to the age of 10, 10 they think they know everything. But when they come to their 25, 26, they will recognize that they were fooled when they were younger. They didn't really understand it. So you have a lot of ministers who have gone out and sent out by churches or went out by themselves. And because God will not give you grace if he did not uh, uh, call you into a function. Ephesians chapter 4 verse um, Seven, I think, applies to that. To each one grace has been given as Jesus apportions it. So if you are not called to an office and you take that office, you will not have grace to function. So you will see them picking books of people to preach, listening to messages of others to preach. And if you are not the original visioner of a revelation, you have to be very careful in uh, uh, you know speaking about it and so many errors have been introduced to the church of god and the church of god has millions of people but they are powerless today i want to address it they are powerless when you talk of vision it looks strange to some people when you talk about hearing god audibly it looks too strange to some people when you talk about you know angel appearing to me and teaching me or telling me this it looks very strange somebody Others will look at people who have such encounters like, oh, these are special. They are not special. It is your mindset. And the Lord Jesus told me that I should prepare you between now and December so that the mind of Christ will be revealed to you black and white. And today we'll talk a little bit about that. From the mind of flesh or the mind of people. The amount of the mind of Christ you are you operating determines the encounters of the spiritual you can enjoy. You know, just God said, "Turn to me, and I will turn to you." So, you must know this: it is not by fasting and prayer that you encounter benevolence from God. It is by obedience, and obedience is a function of human mind. All right, which also is informed by information. But of course, those who are who have deep relationship do fast and, and pray. I think I was I stumbled across the Christ after seven. We'll talk about that maybe next week. So, what I intend to discuss with you is what I finished with you when I when I was here two Sundays ago. I spoke about you are free indeed. Correct? You are free indeed. And for the past five weeks, I've been sharing with you the difference between law, the time of law, Moses, and the time of Jesus Christ. And today also, I want to share further with you. Galatians chapter 3, verse 13. Shall we read it together, please? Galatians 3, 13. Let's read it together. 
Ephesians 5.1. You have it in your sermon notice. Shall we read it together? The next one. And Galatians 5.1. Hey, is this not cathedral? I, I mean, the way you are reading, I will go back to Ireland. Read the word of the living God. So any Christian who is burdened by a yoke is because he chose to do so. He's not standing. Because it says, stand firm then, or stand firm therefore. Come on, let me take you on a journey. The Lord said to us that this is the month of restoration. And I'm, my ears are full of testimonies already. <laughs> yes. It's happening among us. Hallelujah. If you are listening to me and you haven't got something to tell now, you will tell a story before the end of this month. I mean, a story written by God for you. You remember when I taught you about that? The old things have passed away. New things I declare, says the Lord. Amen. So you are going to have a testimony. Before you see my face next week, you will have a testimony. However... I want us to explore more about the freedom of God that he has given to us. In your bulletin today, which I was told that, um, you know, you haven't received that yet. But let me say that. I will give you a summary in this bulletin today. I did a little summary of your, your past bulletins. And then I now taught more. All these lectures I'm teaching you about, you are free indeed. Let me give you the summary of it. This is it. From Genesis to Revelation, there are three dispensations. Write it down. There are three dispensations. However, the three dispensations amount to two errors. All right. Two errors so the fourth dispensation you all should know that if you have been in CFT for a while yes come on now the first dispensation Abraham to who then Adam to who to Moses that is the period of what? Conscience. Write it down. When I ask you next Sunday, you must tell me. Adam to Moses, that is before Moses showed up, is the period of conscience. God did not give law to man. He gave regulations. Regulation is different from law. You should know, understand that. Because I taught you about Colossians 2, 14 and 15. 
haven't canceled every regulation with all the legal demands, and I help you understand that lecture in the month of March and April this year, go check it, on the major difference between law and regulations. You know, right? Regulations are sectoral, okay, but law is national. All right? The parliament make laws, but all the subsidiaries, like Ministry of Education, Ministry of Transport, Ministry of uh, Home Affairs, Ministry of External Affairs, and the local council, they write regulations which must be in line with the law out of the laws given them. But the parliament, they are the ones who write the law. The, the local authorities, they write regulations, or the ministries, they write regulations. That is, they give you the breakdown of how to comply with that law. And the regulations may be very voluminous over a law that is just one phrase. Because the regulation will look at the application of the law in various contexts, and then it will develop rules. Are we together now? Come on now, hello. Why are you looking at me like that? Let's talk today. Because at least I've missed you. Give me a break. Give me a break. Give me a break. <laughs> when I talk to you, I talk to you like my family, my, my children. Every knowledge I have on earth, I want it to be in your head. I will together now. Because when you get there, <clears throat> Satan means nothing. <laughs> Hallelujah. But not by speech, but by knowledge of God. So therefore... Because Adam, from Adam to Moses' dispensation of conscience, from Moses God gave law to Jesus Christ, then dispensation of law, and then curses came. But before, before then, God didn't curse. Alright? Then after Jesus came, another dispensation started, which is where you and I are. So, Adam, Abraham, Noah, Seth, Cain, they were under dispensation of conscience. Dispensation of conscience is so simple. It is a time that God expects man to know what to do. Because God created them in his me and breathed them like that. So when God replicates himself, he expects him to be like God. And God is fair. Yes? Good. However, man chose to fall, and man chose to do what he did, and then they chose to develop evil until the time of um, Noah, and God wiped them out and retained a man who was friendly with God, who had good conscience, yes? But if you look therefore, at the time of Adam to Moses, Cain killed Abel. There was no law. Yes? And when the consequence will come, God only pronounced consequences. When the consequence will come for breaking the regulation, he begged God for mercy, and God marked him that he will not be killed. Yes? But in the time of law, you kill, they kill you. An eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. And it's all written black and white. If anybody killed with malice aforethought, he should be killed. Unless if he can run to the house of refuge, you read that in the book of Judges. And because the man killed without malice aforethought, then he should leave. However, if he doesn't run to the house of refuge, he will be killed. 
That is the scripture. This thing is in the Bible, which is also in the book of laws, our laws. Now, criminal law. However, during the period of conscience, therefore, God didn't curse anybody. Adam broke the law, uh, the regulation, not law, not regulation. And God said to him that, what, what happened to you, Adam? Oh, he said, the woman gave me. He said, woman, what happened to you? The woman said, the serpent. He cursed the serpent. He did not curse the woman. He did not curse the man. God cursed the serpent. He says to the serpent, curse are you. But to the woman, he said, because you did this, this is a consequence. Consequence is different from retribution. And I'm going to teach you more about that by next week. Consequence in law is different from retributions. Okay? Consequence is simple. You did this, this is what happens to you. But law, you break this law, government will do this. Now, that is retribution. Now, therefore, God said to the woman, because you did this, in, in child, in, uh, you have pain in childbearing and also you, you, you are deserving for your husband. He went to the husband and said, because you did the curse is the ground because of you. Can you imagine God cursed the ground, not the man? There was no law. He gave them regulations. If you look at everybody, when, they, when they, he went to Sodom, he said, the outcry of the land came to my ear. Yes, the land spoke because of iniquity. He said, so, the, the iniquity have mounted up to a place of consequence. And the consequence, therefore, is alienation. So they were alienated by fire because it's the consequence they are mis, misdemeanor triggered. But it's different from retribution. However, when God came in Moses' time and gave them the law, he gave retributions. You kill, you'll be killed. You commit adultery, stoned to death. You commit fornication, stoned to death. To the extent that when Mary conceived Jesus, the Bible says Joseph was afraid to let people know so that they won't stone her to death because that's the, that is the that is the retribution. Because if you are found with pregnancy before marriage, you are stoned to death. I would together now. However, in the period of conscience, God found a man called Abraham. Who unto him, Galatians said, Abraham believed in God and it was counted or credited to him as righteousness. Because he had faith in God, it was credited to him as righteousness. Yes? Yes, sir. So, but then if you go further in that Galatians 3, it says that therefore those who have faith <clears throat> are children of what? Abraham. Are you putting it on the wall for me? The person knows why we should handle that place. Those who have faith are children of who? Yes? So, now, does that not tell you that the period of conscience God found a man? He made covenant with a man. That covenant, he promised that it is to Abraham and his seed. I will show you the Galatians now. And Galatians said that we are the seed because the seed is Christ, one seed. Is Christ. He made covenant, he, he, made, he made a proclamation for a woman, Eve, that your seed will bruise the head of the serpent. And then he said to Abraham that 
you know, the covenant I made with you is with your seed. He fulfilled it in Isaac and Jacob, who are the maternal seed. But then Galatians said, in Christ, that covenant was now made perfect. So that's why when Jesus came, they brought a woman to Jesus Christ, who was caught in adultery, prostitute. And they said, the law says, when a woman is caught in this action, we do what? Jesus said, yes, you stone her. Yes? They now say, okay, Jesus, what do you say now? And Jesus bowed his head to the ground and began to write. Some school of thought said that he was writing the sins of each one of them. When they see it, they go. <laughs> when this one sees so sin, he goes. Who knows? But Jesus did not raise his head up. He was writing on the ground. That tells me that Jesus was educated. Yes, it was not a dance. And it's not an ignoramus. So he was writing on the floor. And then after some time, he looked. Or he said to the woman... Where are your accusers? He said, they are all gone. And then he said, neither do I condemn a new dispensation of mercy and grace. But he said to the woman, go and sin no more. And that is the area believers have problems. Let me help you know this, therefore. So, the covenant was to Abraham and then to Christ. Yes, and then from Christ to those who have faith in Jesus Christ. Let me read it to you, a few things in Galatians. Your thinking will change forever. I mean for good. Before we go into the Galatians, now we understand the three dispensations. Yes. Conscience, yes, and law and grace. Say it again. Say one more time. Look at somebody's mouth and tell that person. Conscience, law. All right? So, those who were born before Moses lived under conscience. Those who are born during Moses' time until Malachi live by law. Those who are born after Jesus live in grace, not in law. However, the last week uh, bulletin, we saw a few in- interesting things on this. Before we look at the redemption, the power of redemption is what I'm calling today's message. The power of redemption. Romans chapter 3, verse, verse 19 to 20. Very quickly. 3, 19 to 20. It reads, Now we know that whatever the law says, it says, it says to those who are under the law. Whatever the law says has effect on those who are under that law. Like the law of EU. By 31st of October, we are no longer. They said, so I qualify myself. They said, when we wake up that day, we know where we are going. However, the case may be, according to our decision 
by that time we are no more. So, the meaning of that is that if we commit any crime, ECJ have no more power. European Courts of Justice have no more power over us because our parliament, our Supreme Court becomes supreme and European Court of Justice cannot override the decision of our Supreme Court. That is the advantage of you are not under that law. That's what the Bible is saying. Now we know that whosoever the law, whatsoever the law says, anything that is in law, it says it to those who are under the law, so that every mouth may be silenced and the whole world held what? I Let's read together. Now we know... So you see here that law silence your mouth and my mouth. Is that correct? No matter what my wife did to me, if I remember the law, I will better control my hand in England and put my hand in my pocket. And my wife cannot just bite me because she does not like the way I'm talking. She has to control her teeth. Though some other places it may end up in biting somebody, but in England you can't bite anybody. <laughs> Uh-huh. Because whatever the law says, what the law says is that what the law is is it controls us. I'm angry, but I have to be careful because the Scotland Yard will not hear that I'm angry. I would get it now. However, it also says it silences us and holds us accountable to one another. Here, the law of God holds us accountable to God, but on earth. I'm accountable to you, accountable to me. I'm accountable to the government. I can't just do anything. Government too can't just do anything. Because we can take the government to court and we can win the case. So, is that not interesting? All right. You are looking at what the law is. Look at verse 20. Shall we read verse 20? Therefore, Why would no one be declared righteous through the law? Because there is a philosophy of law. It's part of the jurisprudence of God. Guilty in one, guilty in all. That is the jurisprudence principle. In the laws of God, you still, you are the same thing as somebody who committed adultery and murder. You are not different. Sin is sin. You commit fornication, you are like the one who killed somebody. Alright? With God. And the book of James says it. Let's look quickly at the book of James chapter 2 verse 10. What did he read? Shall we read together please? So that's what just says. Guilty in one is guilty in all. Now who among us can stand here today and say that for the past let me be too generous. 48 hours. You haven't made a mistake. In your thoughts, maybe. In looking at somebody who just... Especially those of you who drive. Somebody will reckless before you. It is by mercy you withdraw what you thought to say. When you remember I, you are born again. Even some of you would have said it before you remember that you are born again. I say, Lord, I am sorry. Isn't it? So... By the virtue of law of Moses, you are not different from the one who went to sleep with somebody else's wife. Yeah. 
Guilty one, guilty no. I, have, I, want to help, I want to help you understand the reason why Jesus had to be there to put an end to the law. No wonder. That verse, chapter 3, 19 to 20, there are four things that we learn there. Law has effect only on those who are under it. So if you are a Christian and you believe you are under law, so all the curses have effect over you. Because curses does not exist in the time of conscience, and it does not exist after conscience. It only exists under law, because it is retribution. Number two, the purpose of the law is to make man accountable to God. Yes? yes sir. Number three, righteousness cannot be attained by observing the law. That is Romans 3, 19 to 20. The purpose of the law is to make man accountable. Righteousness cannot be attained by, the, by observing the law. And then number four, through the law, we become conscious of sin. Law makes us conscious of sin, okay? So that we can be silent and be controlled. That's what the law does. But it does not stop our misbehavior or our ability to, to sin, to be reckless. Law doesn't stop it. Law does not make you uh, sinless, no. Law, anybody who has uh, anger, broiling anger, Lord does not stop him from. I, there was a woman on television this um, uh, this October last month who killed her husband because of the misbehavior of the man, and she went to jail. And the children fought for her, and she was released last month. And she said that I love him. I don't want to kill him, but I I, I want him. I want him against his attitude until I got fed up and I smashed him on the head and he died. I didn't mean to kill him. She went to jail in sadness and sorrow, in the demise. She only wanted to restrict the man. Unfortunately, the man died. We have a case going on right now in London about the woman who drove on the right wrong side of the road and killed somebody else. Don't you understand the mental torture that woman is going through? Talkless, the parents of the disease. Now, it's going to be very complex when they meet. Because somebody who is so hot and angry is meeting somebody who is saying that I'm at your mercy. Whatever you do, I will accept. I would get that. So, we need to have understanding. The time of law of God, no one could attain righteousness. That is the reason why no one could attain righteousness. Law is complex. Therefore, Romans chapter 3, verse 21 to 24, it reads, But now a righteousness from God appeared apart from law has been known, to which the law and the prophet testified. Alright? In the days of the prophet was the law. The law and the prophet testify about this righteousness coming. The next verse says, This righteousness from God Come through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. There is no difference. Let's read the next verse. For all have sinned and have fallen short of the glory of God. The next verse, please. And justified freely by what? Through so that's what I'm talking about, the power of redemption. Where will you and I be 
if we were born in the time of Moses, some of us would have been killed. Are we together now? If I do an examination here now, I won't do it. I won't, I won't let you raise your hands. If I say, how many people have committed adultery before, you'll be shocked. If I say, how many people have committed fornication before, you'll be amazed. If I say, how many people have stolen people's things before, you'll be shocked. If I say, how many people have lied before, ah, you will. If I say, how many people, so I, didn't, I don't do bad, but you lied before. How many people have had evil thought before, you know? If you look at all these things, therefore, who will deliver us from them? When the Lord does not deliver, the Lord only punishes. No wonder. God has to come in the flesh by himself to put an end to all this stuff. And this is the privilege and the grace and honor of knowing Jesus. The power of redemption. Through the redemption of Christ, we all receive salvation and the righteousness are claimed to us but take note of this Acts chapter 4 verse 12 salvation is found in no one else for there is no other name under heaven given to men by which man must be saved you must know this no religion can save anybody on earth except jesus christ of nazareth because he paid the price with his righteous blood he's the only one who died for humanity all religious leaders did not die for anybody some of them led people to death and they maimed and killed people in the name of religion but Jesus came and he died now therefore Galatians chapter 3 verse 13 says Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us for it is written curse is everyone who hangs on the tree and then verse 14 says, He redeemed us in order that the blessing given to Abraham might come to the Gentiles through Jesus, so that by faith we may receive the promise. What did we learn from this? Christ redeemed, from, redeemed us from the curse of the law. Therefore, a Christian cannot be cursed by any man. Because Jesus took all the curses and nailed them on the cross. Let anybody be angry with me. Curse me, joking. You are jocular. Really, Deuteronomy tells me that the more you curse a Christian, God turns it to blessing. But that Christian must be a Christian, not a churchgoer. We will talk about that. Who is a Christian? I will help you understand it in this minute. Let me dive into that. This will tell you who you have been serving. In the time of conscience, we know that God picked Abraham, made covenant with him, and connected Christ to Abraham. So you have two eras, the era of the law and the era of grace, of Christ. Yes? You have three dispensations. Dispensation of conscience, dispensation of law, dispensation of Christ, which is grace. But you have two eras, that is governing principles. The governing principle of law and the governing principle of grace because in the time of conscience, God singled out a man who believed in him by faith and called him a righteous man. Setting up a benchmark that everybody who believed, who had faith in Christ, in God, in his time, they were called righteous. Like Enoch, like, like Seth and others in the conscience time. So that that continues in my own time and your time. Now listen to me. The law says, an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. But Christ said, pray for those who despitefully use you. 
The Lord said, the Lord says, destroy my enemies. You know how many times David prayed for enemies to be killed and to be destroyed and be maimed and be shattered? He followed the law. May my enemy not wake up tomorrow morning. He followed the law. But what did Jesus do in the time of Christ and in the, the, the days of, 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 dispense, of, of, of uh, grace? Jesus, the Bible says that he said, if they slap you in one uh, cheek, give them the second cheek. If they take your coat, give them your tunic. If they, if they tell you to go one mile, go seven miles with them. He said to, to, to us in the New Testament, he said, bless your enemies. Pray for those who despitefully use you. Bless, curse not. Then he said to us, when he was taken by his enemies and they were taking him to the, to the Golgotha, those of us who went to Israel, you remember the journey to Golgotha. Some of you could not walk it. He walked and he fell. He walked and fell until he totally almost collapsed. And these people beat him, they tore his body, they maimed him, they insulted him, they cursed him. People that he healed told him to his face that, okay, deliver yourself now. If you are the one who really performed that miracle, do that miracle, let us see it. He told his angels, if I, if I wish, I can speak and legions of angels will come. He said, but that is not the way we use legions of angels because the Son of Man must suffer affliction so that in, in his suffering... Men shall be redeemed back unto God. And Jesus Christ did not curse them. And he taught us not to curse them. Now consider a Christian who prayed that his enemy should die. Under what is he? Is he under Christ or law? Answer me, church. Somebody did so much evil to you and you got so angry and you began to pray against that man. Against that flesh and blood. Who is your master? Law, not Christ. No wonder many Christians go under curses because they are working in law. Remember the Romans I read to you? Anyone that is under law, the law applies to him. And law cannot apply to you without his retributes. And some Christians, when they get to the place they need to be blessed, they're asking, why am I not being blessed? Come on, it's because of where you are walking. Under the, the, the era you are walking, you are saved into the era of grace, but you deliberately remove yourself from the era to begin to walk in the era of law. And so law applies to you. When grace applies to other people, who taught you those things? The devil. The book, book of 1 Timothy chapter 4 verse 1. It says, in the latter days, many will desert the faith, the principle of, of of Christ, and they will follow deceiving spirits and things taught by demons. When a Christian is involved in backbiting, a Christian is involved in, you know, despising others, assassinating others, don't you understand? You just read the book of Job, isn't it? 33. You read it this week. A little said, if you did evil, it only has effect on you, it does not affect God. If you did righteousness, it only affects you and other people, it does not affect God. No wonder the lives of many Christians are bankrupt. Somebody provoke you to anger. Don't you understand? Divide the man from the spirit. Deal with the spirit. Leave the man alone for God. That is what Jesus taught you. I will together now. Someone says, I can't bear it. I can't bear it. Who told you? You can bear it. That's why God permitted it to happen. He didn't cause it, but he permitted it. What story will you tell in heaven of your own battle where you are now? If you did not go through some. How many battles did God just do for you without you seeing it? Now, when you now face battles that God expects to see your conduct, why do you fail God? Does that say that I should not be angry when I shoot? Jesus was angry when he showed. I will be angry when I shoot. But what would make me angry is somebody contravening the laws of my God. That's what would make me angry. Somebody dressed one way. It's your business. 
Somebody look one way. I don't care about that. Your eyes is not my... I'm not an eye reader. Neither do I have isometer in my... <laughs> you have isometer. Some people, they have isometer that they can look at somebody and they can tell you what you are thinking. They can tell you, why are you looking like that? So look anyhow, it's your business. Now, someone says that, you know, the way they, they are giving you, I give what I, what did you use to see it? That's what you should deal with. Remove the speck in your own eyes before you are put into the, the dog in your eye, before you are into the speck in the mouth. This is Jesus for you. Let me say this to you. If anybody does anything that will provoke you to anger for any reason, be angry, but do not sin. In another words, let me say, to tell the person I don't like what you did, it's not a sin, it is, it is righteousness. If you don't say it, that is a sin. Okay? But to allow that conduct to now change you to him. Someone abused me. Okay? And I said that you abused me. It's okay. I can say that. But if I do not abuse him back, there is no, there is no legitimate reason for breaking the law. Every reason for breaking law is illegitimate. Guilty until proven not guilty. Hmm? I hope that's applicable in marriage, isn't it? Family law. Hmm? If they accuse someone that he, 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 if a woman accuses somebody that he raped her, that man is guilty straight away until proven not guilty. Let me help you understand something. Today I want to ask you who is, in which era are you living? The era of law says you must take revenge. The era of grace says vengeance is mine. Let me help you know this. When people really badly offend you, People you trust and they nailed you terribly. Or they go about talking ill about you. Who do you think the devil is looking for? I've told you all the time. You are the one he's looking for. The one talking about you already, the devil got him. That's why he's talking like that. Are we together now? Let me help you know this. If anybody comes to me, this is Elder Egbenosa, and that's his wife. Someone now came to me and began to run them down before me. Let me help you know this. That person, if you don't think well, already Satan got that person, and that person is under law, and he will suffer consequences, alright? However, for him to be talking to me, what is Satan looking? He wants to drag me under punishment. Because if I don't rebuke that person, and I listen to the rubbish, I will be punished. I have become an accomplice so what did not originate from me? Satan is always looking, when he got somebody looking for accomplice. Okay? What will I do? If somebody came and drawn down Elder Agbenosa before me, I will listen to what he wants to say. When he finished, I said, devil had you. Did I not tell you that before? Yes, sir. I will say to him, by, I won't go behind and come back. I said, look, my brother, Satan entered into you. Do you hear me now? And I will tell him all what I know about this man. You cannot educate me about somebody I know. Okay? If what you are saying, I have not seen it in them, then it is your business 
Certainly when you look at people like that, they are liars. Because lying spirit occupies their mouth looking for someone else to make a victim. Christians go into misfortune because they leave the grace and work under law. And Romans says to you that law is applicable to anybody who works under law. So we bind and lose, but then we go and bind ourselves again. He wants for freedom that Christ set you free. Then he says, stand firm therefore. If you come to church, let me say this to you. Let's say that somebody in this church is just got, you know, you know, had a problem with another person in the church. And what came to your mind is that revenge, 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 revenge. Okay? And then, I, I who am praying for my members to succeed. I got angry in the Holy Ghost one day. I said, Father, everybody praying for revenge over my members. Father, ambush them. You know, because the Bible says that whoever, plus, whoever digs a pit for his neighbor shall fall into it. That is, that, is, that is consequence of digging pit for your neighbor. I say, Lord, ambush those people. Frustrate their intention. Who am I praying against? You. But I don't know that you are doing those things. It's not retribute. It is consequence. I'm praying against you. I'm not saying God will kill you, but I'm saying that that plot that you are making, God will frustrate it. But you know something? God will frustrate the plot of that person. Plus, when you plot against your neighbor, the, 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 uh, uh, the, the law of spirit of life tells you that you will receive a consequence. For it says, give and it shall be given unto you. Full measure, press down, shaking together, shall men bring unto the... So, what he's saying by that in principle is that whatever you meet, he says it, whatever you meet with others, others will meet with you. So, if you sow discord, many people will have discord against you. You will reap discord, not because of retribution, but because of consequence. So Christians suffer consequences, not retribution. Let me give you an example. I am Apostle Williams. Everybody is, is uh, you know, you are happy with Apostle. Hey, talk about post about Apostle. But you didn't know that about five, ten years ago I've been committing adultery. I will, I will hide in the night and commit it. Unfortunately for that, a, a child was conceived and that child was born. So, but you don't know it. You know that the consequence is coming. Proverbs chapter 6 says, blows and disgrace is for the man who commits adultery. Blows and disgrace. So, when the consequence will come, that boy, that child or the mother will just get angry. Because I will come to a place whereby I'm pulled between two people. Pulled by the external forces that, I, that gave birth to me. That I've been trying to, 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 to pacify with all manners of... Anytime they need something, they will trust me with, with report. That we, we're going to report to you. So anything you want, I give them, I give them, I give them. Hello? That is a consequence. The money I should use to better my life, I'm giving out. Peace, I don't have. The day they phone me, I, my wife is... I, I quickly put up the phone. That is consequence. I will get now. That is not a curse. It's not a retribution. Uh, so, 
All that will continue to go. I will, when Satan sees that I want to be rejoicing in the Holy Ghost, he will just pull the trigger. All my joy will go out of the window. Because I am a hypocrite before the Lord. And when God really, God really loves me. So God will allow that child to just disagree. I'm going to report you today. And he will come to church. He will come to church unexpectedly. You just see, as I'm preaching with, with vibrance, with, with vigor and vitality, suddenly my preaching begins to say, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, For God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever have believed in Him, uh, but we sin, God forgives us uh, of our sins. Uh, uh, so. That child will soon come up. Somebody will say, Ah, this man, ah, he looks like apostle. And he says, I'm his son. You are not. He said, no, I'm a son. I bet my life. You better don't bet your life on what you don't know. <laughs> so when that will be exposed to the church, the consequences, disgrace and blows, according to the book of Proverbs. Understand. So, believers suffer consequences, not curse. Alright? You plot evil against somebody, you'll be slain by evil. And heaven will be shot against you. When you see somebody in need and you don't help them, God will make sure that nobody helps you in the time of, in the time of your own need. God will sabotage it. Because it's consequences. What you sow is what you reap. The same thing if you are a Christian, you are coming to church, you are not paying your tithe. What happened? God said, I will seal the windows of heaven, shut the heavens against you. And Satan will let you blow some, blow some, blow some. Suddenly, he will begin to cut things down. And then you see Christians say that, hey, tragedy happened to me. Oh, I just, at the prime of my profession, I lost the contract. And then no more contract. I lost my job. Now looking for job, looking for job. No, no job. Pray, 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 pray. They bless you in church. They prophesy over you in church. It happened to others. It didn't happen to you. Because you are suffering from the consequence, not retribution, of your disobedience to God. The same thing. You see, God said in the book of Malachi, chapter, chapter 3, He says, I stand as the weakness, chapter 2, sorry, I stand as the weakness between you and the wife of you. Let, let me look at verse 14 very quickly on this one. I will show you some few things. It says, no, go to 13. Another thing you do, you flood the Lord's altar with tears. You weep and wail because he no longer pays attention to your offering or accept them with pleasure from your hands. The next verse says, you ask, why? It is because the Lord is acting as the weakness between you and the wife of your youth. Yes, the weakness, not a weakness. Because you have broken faith with her, though she is your partner, the wife of your marriage covenants. So, what did God say there? He is acting as the weakness between you. So, what is a weakness? A weakness is somebody who weakness an oath or a contract or agreement between two, people, two parties. So, he is their true mediator. So that when one now bridges the contract, the weakness is there to say that you have done the wrong thing. Because it was there when it was all signed. Something about this weakness is that he's invisible. And wherever we go, he follows us. Let me read this something to you if I can get it out. 
I want you to recognize the difference between retribute and retribution, sorry, and and the consequence of sin. So in the New Testament, we cannot be cursed because Jesus delivered from the curse of the law. However, if we we are reckless in our behavior before God, we suffer. We suffer. Look at the book of 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 verse 3 to 6. It is God's will that you should be sanctified, that you should avoid sexual immorality, that each of you should learn how to control his own body in a way that is holy and honorable. Sexual morality, whether a fornication, going to, having sex out of marriage or before marriage, or when you are married, having sex out with somebody else. The Bible says you should abstain from it. Not impassionate laws like the hidden. You don't look at people in church and you are lusting after them. Who do not know God? It says, and that, and that, verse 6, in this matter, no one should wrong his own brother or take advantage of him. Look at what it says. The Lord will punish men, consequence, for all such things as we have already told you and warned you. Can you imagine someone say, I'm a bishop and you're committing adultery? God will punish you. Oh, I'm just another member of the church, but I can't help myself. Ah, you can't help yourself. Let me help you no further. First Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16 and 17. Chapter 3 of 1 Corinthians 16 and 17. Don't you know that you view yourself at God's temple and that God's spirit lives in you? If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy him. For God's temple is sacred. And you are the temple. Listen to what the Bible says. Galatians 6, 7 to 8. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Anointing will not stop you from contacting syphilis when you go and commit adultery with a woman who has syphilis. I would gather... The one who sows to please his sinful nature, verse 8, Galatians 6, from that nature he will reap destruction. This is New Testament rule. The one who sows to please the Spirit from the Spirit will reap eternal life. That's the reason why you who are young stay away from sexual intercourse. You defy your temple. When you defy your temple, you make yourself vulnerable for evil spirit to occupy. When they occupy, they may incubate for about five, ten years before they strike you. And no prayer will stop their striking until they finish the course of that punishment before your prayer will kick them out. If you are beginning, if you are right now, if you are doing just what you like, you are sowing a seed for your next year, five years' time. What is happening to you today is according to the way you lived your life some years ago. Come on now. Is that not so? Yes, sir. The way you live your life some years ago. There are some people when they are young, they play away their time. While others are studying and studying and studying. At a very mid-age, they, they be successful. And the one who have been playing will not be begging for food. He is the one who will go and apply as a messenger in the office. Looking for driver job. Where you can be driven. Only because at the young age, when you are supposed to listen, you follow gangs. Whatever man sows, he reaps. 
My children should be taught this again and again so that Satan don't waste their lives. I give you several, several examples. I will together. Someone says that, but I'm tempted. Is Satan who tempted me? Show me the Satan where he tempted you. James chapter 1, verse 12. Blessed is the man who perseveres under trial because when he has stood the test, you have to be tried and you must stand the test. He will receive the crown of life that God has promised for those who love him. If you love God, carry your cross and follow him. Stand the test. But whoever creates cross for other people, don't you understand? You can't go scot-free. If I made life ridiculous for my wife, come on now, it's a matter of time. He will catch up with me, friends. Oh, I take care of other women outside, but my wife, I treat her badly. It's a matter of time. He will not be after death. God will catch me when I'm alive. Same thing if my wife was ridiculing my life and I kept shut, my mouth shut. It's a matter of time. She will pay dearly. Because whatsoever a man sows, he reap. Not after death. No, after death is salvation or no salvation that you reap. But in the world, you reap everything you sow. Come on now. How can I marry a woman under my roof and give her trouble? I cannot. I can't understand. Or you marry a man who you call your husband and you open your teeth. I do. I do. When they say do you, you say I do. Whether it is difficult or easy, I do. And some of you really, you even, you even, you, you surprise me. Because when I say to the man to read, the man reads. I say to the woman to read, they cry. <laughs> See, I do with crying. I, I really do. Eh? You say I didn't cry. Others cried for you. <laughs> because it's the woman. I haven't seen a man who cried when, when I'm wedding them. Because if I see one, I will say, What's the matter with you? <laughs> I will take the wife back from you now because I don't want the woman to marry a cry man. If a woman cried, no problem. But haven't you cried like that? And then you are now creating problem for your husband. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Does that mean go? Do you think that is blessing of God? There is a Satan assigned against you, God will destroy it. You cannot use your own money to buy trouble over your roof. That will not be your portion. Don't you know, when there is no peace at home, no success. No success. And if one is cheating, ah, the more. Big trouble. I think it's Lucifer himself that would handle the affair. Anyone that is a cheat... Pass him to my fire. No demons. Let me deal with this one. He has come under my, my fire. It should not be for believers. The Bible says, drink water in your own system. If your water runs out on the street, he said, go back home. That Jesus says to me, James, you know, I love him so much. Verse 12 I was reading. You tell that of time. He says, he says, he will receive the crown of life. That is anybody who stands the test of time. You will receive the crown of life that God has promised for those who love him. You must love God. You must love God. Come on now. You must love God. Your attitude determines who you are under. Let me read further. When tempted, he says, no one should say God is tempting me. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when, by his own evil desire, did you see that? Satan sold the thought, you occupy, you owned it, and it became your own patent. 
It has become your own evil desire. You have patented somebody else's thoughts from the devil. It became your own evil desire. Okay? He is dragged away and entire. Then after evil desire has conceived, he gives back to what? Sin. And sin, when it's fully grown, gives back to what? Death. You see, that death is not talking about physical death, though it can also give back to physical death, because, let me read this to you. It can give back to physical death. However, the death is talking about here is a spiritual death. Let me read this to you. From the book of... Um, from the book of um, um, Isaiah. Mm-mm. It's the book of Proverbs. Verse 20, chapter 6. My son, that's chapter 6, verse 20. My son, keep your father's command and do not forsake your mother's teaching. Buy them up on your hearts forever. Fasten them around your neck. When you walk, they will guide you. When you sleep, they will watch over you. When you wake up, they will speak to you. For these commands are lambs, his teachings is a light and the, cor- and the correction of discipline are the way of life keeping you from an immoral woman a woman who wants to camp you <laughs> she winks her eyes to you at a young age okay to shipwreck a destiny that is golden before you if you remember the teachings of your father and mother it will keep you from such women some have put their head into such women they regret for life. Alright? Immoral woman. A young girl demanding for sex. Or a young man demanding for sex from you. He is immoral. From the smooth tongue of a wayward wife. And he applies to man too. Do not lust in your heart after her beauty. Or let her captivate you with her eyes. Do not let it. Why? For prostitute what? Let's read verse 6, 26 together. I have just about five minutes to go. Read it together loud. And that's it. It creates on your life. It reduces your dignity. It reduces your friendship. It cuts you away from everybody who can help you. It cuts you away from your friends. It cuts you away from your parents. It cuts you away until when you have no one around you, then it strikes you. That's what it will do. That's what it will do. If anybody is in relationship with you and is isolating you from friends and families, you better run for your life. He's a messenger of the devil. Or she's a messenger of the devil. Because people like that, the Bible says it. Their aim is to reduce you to a loaf of bread. They only want sex from you and they want money from you. That's all. And you follow them, they will reduce you to a loaf of bread. And they will pray over your life. Not only that, they will destroy your wealth and ambition in life. Let me read it to you. You have heard here, it will reduce you to a loaf of, loaf of bread. You who is ambitious before, they mess you up. You, you, you lose your ambition. You chase wind. Shadows, that's what we're chasing. 
then your life. Then it says, can a man scoop fire into his lap without be, his clothes being burned? Can a man walk in a hot coal without his feet being scorched? So is he who sleeps with another man's wife. No one who touches her will, will, no one who touches her will go unpunished. And that talks about if you are in relationship with somebody and you are sleeping with the person, if you end up not marrying that person, there's another man's wife. You are another man's husband. The same thing if you are in a marriage and you go out to somebody else. Look at this scripture. A Christian do this. Can a Christian read this and then leave his marriage to go and do, sleep with somebody else's wife and expect grace to abound and expect to hear God? Which God are you hearing? It's the God who led you there. I'm talking about difference between retribution and consequences. So, he says, so is he who sleeps with another man's wife? No one who touches her will go and punish. Men do not despise a thief if he steals to satisfy his hunger. When he is starving, let me read that again. Men do not despise a thief to, to, you know, a, a thief if he steals to satisfy himself when he's starving. However, yet if he is caught, he must pay sevenfold. Though it cost him all his wealth. That's the third thing. Adultery preys on your Dignity, reduce it to a loaf of bread, praise on your wealth, destroy your wealth completely, and then look for your life. If anybody is under my voice, which is in that cloth, I break that over you in the name of Jesus. I loose you from that bondage. May God not give any one of you, I mean parents, a woman that will wreck the life of your sons. And may God not give any one of you, parents, a man that will wreck the life of your daughter. I will together now. And I pray for those of you who are married. May those who will wreck your life be far away from you. May God put a wall and barrier between them and you. Somebody you will meet that will take you away from your fellowship and take you away from God is from the devil. You can't tell me that is from God. Blows and disgrace. Look at verse 4, 43. Blows and disgrace. Are his lots. You see that now? And his shame will never be wiped away because it will remain in your life forever. That stigma will be there. For jealousy arouses the husband's fury and he will show no mercy when he takes revenge. He will not accept any compensation. He will refuse the bribe, however great it is. That is when you are caught with another man's wife. Or you go to have a, uh, commit adultery with another woman, she will make sure that the day that your glory is going to be pronounced, she will appear. She will appear. And both you and others who will have fought for you, they will be powerless. Consequence of adultery. Let me help you on or know something. What it is in chapter 7 My son, therefore, keep my words. And store up my command within you. Keep my command, verse 2, and you will live. Guide my teachings and the apple, as the apple of your eyes. Bind them up on your fingers. Bind them on your fingers. Write them on your tablet of your heart. Say to wisdom, you are my sister, and call understanding your kinsmen. They will keep you from... Adulteress or fornicator, 
from the wayward wife and a seducive, uh, with her seductive words. Alright? Let me read this finish for you. Because I see one more thing. I told you seven things happen to anybody who goes into adultery and fornication. It says, it says, verse 6, at the window, at the window of my house I looked. I looked out through the letters. I saw among the simple, I noticed among the young men, a youth who lacked judgment. He was going down the street with her, with near her corner, that is the corner of an adulterous woman, walking along the direction of her house. At twilight, as the day was fading, as the day was fading, as the dark of night set. Is this not where they take you? That's where they take you when the adulterers, pajoras and fornicators. Then out came a woman to meet him, dressed like a prostitute. And with crafty intent, she is loud and defiant. I don't care. I don't care. Yeah? Her feet never stay at home. Yeah? Now in the streets, now in the square. At corner, she loves. Where you are supposed to be reading, you are eating dinner about. You will soon come to the place whereby you find out that the sources of the dinner has dried up. Your mates are, are now able to, 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 to go to hotels and do better things with themselves. And you are, you are now scanting for food. Because you listen, you, 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 dis, you disobey the instruction of godliness. Look at what he said. Now in the street, verse 12. Now in the square. At every corner she locks. She took hold of him and kissed him. And with a brazen face she said, I have fellowship offering at home. Today, I fulfill my vow. So I came out to meet you. I looked for, for you and, and have found you. I have covered my bed with colored linen from Egypt. I have perfumed my bed with my uh, aloes and cinnamon. Come, let's drink deep of love till morning. Let's enjoy ourselves with love. My husband is not at home. He has gone on a long journey. He took his purse filled with money and will not come will not be home till full moon with persuasive words she led him astray she seduced him with her smooth talk any girl you meet that does not join with you in prayer you men you run for your life same thing with a woman if you're a young woman you are looking for a husband you meet a man and that person will not be discussing the bible with you and pray with you he is a messenger of satan run is satan in the flesh run for your life look at what happened to a person who does that verse 22 at once all at once he followed her like an, an ox going to the slaughter that is the boy it could be woman too like a deer stepping in the noose trap Till an arrow pierces his liver. That is venereal disease. Doctor. Like a bird darting into the snare. Little knowing it, little knowing it will cost him his life. That will not happen to any one of you. Now then, my son, listen to me. My daughters, listen to me. Pay attention to what I say. Do not wake up love when you are not fully qualified already for it. It is a trap to destroy your future. 
He says in verse 25, Do not let your heart turn to her ways or stray into her path. Many are the victims she had brought down. That is spirit of sexual immorality is talking about her victim. Her slain a mighty throne. They wreck a man from, from highest pedestal and turn him to nothing. Her house is a highway to the grave. Death is where the ultimate aim of, of sexual immorality spirit is. He wants to kill that person, leading down to the chambers of hell. Let me say something to you. I'm saying that you want to hear God like Apostle Williams. Take heed of my words. You want to, you want to see vision. You want to see angel. You want to be taken to heaven. You want to pray for people and God will answer on the spot. Take heed of my word. If your mind cannot be corrupted by Satan, Satan cannot hinder the authority of God in your lips. Neither can he affect your confidence in your God. But when you walk in a wayward way, even when God is saying something, you can't hear him. You cannot hear him. Satan will cast doubt to your, to your, to your substance and make you feel doubt of yourself. Having to be born again, you have a choice to walk in the era of law. And all things about law will apply to you, or to walk under grace, which is Christ Jesus, and in obedience to the God of heaven, and then the privileges of heaven will be yours. I finish by saying this to you, and it's always been my word for you. If you walk waywardly before God, all right, if you achieve a success, be very careful. The enemy is coming. He's coming. He won't stop you from accumulating wealth. And God cannot stop him from destroying it in one day. Unless you change. Apart from the fact that to really hear God and look good. I can't understand I'm a Christian and nothing. You can't add values to your Christian. I don't understand that kind of thing. I am fed up of people telling me that I had God speaking to me. How did he speak in my mind? He speaks to a murderer in his mind. Out, out, out there. Everybody out there who worship idols, they hear God in their mind. A believer should progress beyond that. That you do not hear just in your mind, but you can hear God's uh, still and gentle voice. That God can come to you on your dream and wake you up. And begin to tell you things. Angels can reveal themselves to you. Because you love God so much. You walk in the light of the word of God. You fear God. That's all God is asking you. Job said, uh, Elihu said in Job 33, he said if you commit sin, not, uh, God is not affected. If you walk in righteousness, God is not affected. He said, don't you know the distance God is? When I was reading that, that stuff, I saw astronomy. And I saw the science of this Galaxy, which in the time of Elu, they didn't have technology to know what Elu was saying. But when I was wondering that, how did this man say these words? At the end of it, he said unto Job, he says, standing before you, is a man that is perfect in knowledge. Then I recognized it was God speaking through him. Borrow your body to God and don't take it from him. So that tomorrow will be well with you. Listen to me. Everything they do in the world, don't follow them. Sister, stand up. Sister Ebika, stand up, please. Come here. 
and Sister Awawa Dobenu. Come. Do your hand like this. If you look at all of us here, who is the darkest? I am the darkest. What are you talking? What are you, are you afraid to say? I am dark and proud. I am the darkest. Yes? She is lighter. She is lighter. She is lighter. But their lights have shades. Excuse me. Sister Kevin, uh, stand up. She's a black lady too. Turn your face to the church. Can you see Sister Kirby? She looked like one of my auntie. Look at her shade. Don't you understand? If this woman went to now, they did something to paint them to dark. And she painted her face dark. If she gets to heaven, they won't recognize her. If I now say, look at Sister Kemi, I must do like Sister Kemi, and I begin to bleach my body, I deprive God of his pleasure. Because out of God's pleasure, he decorated me with this skin. Out of God's pleasure, he decorated me with that skin. He decorated her. And when God looks at us the way he decorated, he has the right pleasure in it. A person who now bleaches his body, deprived God from his own pleasure. You are saying to God, what have you made? That's why God always withdraws from them. Some have died by skin cancer. Is it the Holy Spirit that make a man do that? Answer me. Please sit down. It is just similar to a man who married a woman and is not satisfied. He said, God said many. Some people commit adultery. They said that Abraham also committed. But they did not read down that Abraham suffered till today with his ancestors. Hey, David had many wives. They did not read it. That David was, it was in sorrow he died. Really, his wife was, was, was publicly disgraced. And Elihu said it too in chapter 3. The wife of David, they slept with his wife in the public. Not just the, his son, one of his sons. Do you know the tragedy that followed? What about Solomon? Look at what Solomon died. He died in shrine. He became somebody who introduced Asherah into Israel. You don't have good stories to, to emulate people who did mistakes. Because you cannot copy their mistakes and ab- absorb yourself from the consequence of the mistakes. Come on now. Is there any man who wants to live and see good days? Let him keep his mouth from speaking. Guy. Look, I leave you because I'll keep on talking. I want you to go from this place today and evaluate your life. Every area you know Satan is wasting Write them down. Garbage it. This is the month of restoration in Christ's faith tabernacle. Do what I say. I'm just coming from... Uh, somebody called me when I was in uh, Ireland. Who oh, I've been looking for a job. Just got a job. And the job he got, he cannot believe it. I was living in New Cross now. Somebody just ran to my car and said the apostle had been promoted. He was just promoted two years ago. Really two years ago, they gave, him an, they gave him a condition. He works in the police. They gave him a condition and said that, you know, either you go for a course to become a sergeant. Okay, no, you remain and you become a sergeant. Or you go for this course and become a, a superintendent of police. But if you fail that course, you will never be promoted. That means that you remain sergeant for life. 
He came and said, what should I do? Go for the course, exam and do the course. The Bible says, whatever is lovely, whatever is good report, if I remember, any virtue of praise, consider. Do it. If a man passes, you pass it. Lay hands on his head. Oh, yeah, do. And I'm teaching you here all the time to change your mind, your mindset. You have no two lives, only one life. Yesterday, you will never live it again. Anything you left undone yesterday will never be done till you die. That is minus loss. The Bible says, make the most of your time. He went to do that course. In the whole country, United Kingdom, only five people, hundreds of people did it, only five of them, and he was among the five. Now they promoted him again, and I told him, when you pass that, what God told me, you will pass that, you will become commissioner. They promoted him again from superintendent to another higher dimension. Okay? I have people who have been telling me testimonies in the church. Somebody called me during the week and said, Apostle, that I, I want you to agree with me. I over what? There is an interview. This job, I really love it. I said, what are you talking about? I agree with you. The one I did on the first, second, third, and I anointed you, what do you think it is? Go, my friend, and bring the job. She came to me this morning, ran into me. Apostle, I have, been, I have passed. They have, they, they have called me for second interview. I said, when I said tomorrow, I said, so what? So if they call for second interview, what are you saying again now? I agree with you. <laughs> I agree with what? When God said I will restore you and I gave you a condition, change your mindset. Period. We are going to make up our mind that God will not be disappointed about us. Stand up on your feet. Lift up your voice and begin to pray that Father, place my mind, O oh God. Destroy every works of darkness that saturate my thinking. Deliver me from everything that I do, the things that I do that are contrary to you. I want to live a life of sacrifice, a life of the word of God. Tell the Lord, retune my mind. Assign a messenger at the door of my lips, at the door of my mouth, at the door of my conscience. I am not my own. I belong to God. Tell the Lord. Let me be a sacrifice. There is no reason why we should suffer. Haven't Jesus paid the price? It was for freedom that Christ has set us free. Tell the Lord, strengthen my thought, my thinking. Let the mind of Christ in me operate within me. Empower me to subdue my flesh. Pray and tell God, help me to subdue my flesh. No more procrastination. I want to live a life that pleases God. Tell God what I'm saying. If you pray from your heart, God answer the prayer. Don't pray with your lips. Just pray from your heart. Cry to God. Cry for mercy. Cry to God. Cry for mercy. God, God has ordained greater things for us in the future. We cannot stop it. We cannot stop. You cannot allow the devil to hinder you. You may be in your battle now. Your battle will be over before the end of this month. Anyone in battle, I announce your victory. As you are leaving my presence today, you are entering into the area of your victory where you have been sorrowful before. You are not singing songs of praises. But let your heart talk unto heaven. Cry unto God and tell the Lord, strengthen my soul, O God. I want to live a life that pleases you only. No more quarrel in your family. No more quarrel among yourself with your brethren. Tell the Lord, give me a heart that love, a heart that respond to you. 
You cannot expect benefit from God that you are not obeying. Help me to obey your word, O God. Help me to live by your word, O God. Begin to prophesy to your life. Your tomorrow will be filled with thanksgiving. Is there anything you are seeking from God now? Begin to speak them. I can see the hand of God stretch out to you. 